here at uh, Pure Accelerate with uh, Keith, Keith Townsend, uh, CTO advisor. How you doing, Keith? Pretty good. How about you, Ray? I'm doing fine. Thanks for being on the show today again. Uh, Pure has been uh, announcing quite a few product lines and stuff like that. I think the biggest one was of interest was uh, the direct memory, uh, storage glass memory on their solution. So what do you think of what they're trying to do with that, Keith? Well, you know, we heard them in the Tech Field Day presentation. They alluded to workloads like SAP in memory databases in general. And then on stage, they went right after it. You know, 65% of the cost, 90% of the performance. Crazy. Which, if you, like on paper, that sounds good, but in like practice, that 10% is a big performance hit for the cost value. So what they compared it to was the cost of DRAM. Yeah, I got you. So, right, so having 100% of the database in DRAM. Right, versus having the uh, a, a subset of the data in, in a storage class memory. But if you took that same storage class memory and put it in the server uh, that we've seen at the Intel events, et cetera, right. you get very similar cost savings and you get the 10% more performance. Interesting. So, Interesting. you know, it's... Well, it's, it's not, I don't know if it's an exact, because I mean, with the, the storage class memory, it's sort of a, it's a read cache. So they don't actually have, they don't have to have the whole database in there. But yet, it, they didn't give a lot of specifics on this, no, so how so, it all played out, right? And, and, and Intel has done a lot with SAP to optimize uh, the PCI path and the, right, right. the memory caching for, specifically for SAP. And I don't know uh, if that additional latency going to the storage array to access the same memory, I, that, that just sounds like a big performance hit. No, I would like to have challenged them. Maybe they can do a sponsored Graybeard. So <laughs> yeah, or yeah, even we, a, a lab yeah. set or something yeah. like that. Or have somebody that, that could actually explain what they're trying to do and stuff like that. Well, it's interesting. I mean, so they've got, what, a three terabyte and a six terabyte version of that solution that you can deploy I mean, what's a what's a typical SAP HANA? It can't be more than 64 terabytes or something. What's yeah, the so the big HANAs would be, you know, you're looking at 12 terabytes. 12 terabytes, uh, okay. 12, 12 terabytes would be a pretty big one. Four terabytes is a typical deployment. Okay. Two, to, two to four is typical deployment. When you start to get big, you're talking about 12 to potentially 20 terabytes. Okay, okay. So at the big end, it couldn't be 100% in storage class memory. It'd have to be some portion of it being flash and stuff like that. And there would be some sort of you know, uh, caching characteristics of that workload. He did mention 90% of the performance. What does that mean? So if, if, if a workload takes 90 minutes, it takes, uh, or no, 100 minutes, minutes it takes, it takes 90, 90 minutes. Or so I, 90 versus 100. And yeah. I think, uh, the whole 90% performance thing is one of those things that if it was that cut and dry, well, you know, what's 10 minutes? Yeah. But I, don't, I suspect that the measurement, I have to look at how they're measuring. I didn't see any little asterisks with a no, footnote on it, uh, so slide at all. I'm assuming that it's 90 minutes. It's when you get into the super large jobs. Right. And uh, I just know if I was to have a conversation, a business outcome conversation with an executive, and I said, you know what, you can get the, the answer 10% slower right. uh, for 65% of the cost, yeah. and, uh, or 65% cost savings. The answer would probably be, yeah, that's not, it's not really worth it. Yeah, I'm not interested in. There was another guy I was talking today uh, to the analyst session that said, uh, our currency is time. 
And it was a Formula One guy. Yes. I was pretty impressed with that. That was, a, that was pretty, well, their whole setup was impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. The, the quote was actually really impressive. So if your currency is time, if you look at the scale of thing, even the cost, cost factor, you're not saving money in uh, the real cost of SAP by putting the memory on DRAM versus storage class memory. It's the database licensing cost. A 12 terabyte HANA instance is really expensive from a licensing perspective. Way more than the cost of the memory. Really? Like it's, really? it's crazy. Oh, okay. Yes. So, all right, so there's a whole licensing aspect of this. So in that case, would, uh, let's say if you split it up, six terabytes in memory and six terabytes on, on the storage They're system. charging, uh, SAP charges for the size of the HANA database. So regardless of where it's where, where Yeah, you can take the performance hit if you want, but they, so, they, they charge for the size of the So database. then they're, they're only talking about the savings of, of, of hardware, the hardware cost. cost. Yeah. And hardware cost, when, when the last SAP HANA project that, it, that I did was somewhere in the order of $12 million and the, from a hardware perspective. And the application team came to me and said, hey, can you shave a million dollars off the price of the hardware? And I said, no, the, go, go, I mean, the, 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 you, you guys are gonna spend, what, 30, 40 million dollars uh, on, on this thing, yeah. on this thing outside of hardware. I, I need all hardware where I can get, you, you, can, you, can, you can find a million dollars in your Someplace own budget. Someplace else, some yes. other budget or something like yeah. that. So it's not, it's not material. Okay, so we talked a lot about the SAP speed up and, and savings because they made a big point of that. But you know, in, in reality, um, you know, they started talking about response times at like 100 microsecond or 200 microsecond response time. And, and that's where the benefit starts to, to pay off. They had a couple of charts where, you know, a significant, they've looked at their, their field base and a significant portion of the field base will see, what, 40% performance improvements yeah. or something like that? That was the thing I was mostly interested in because if you can take, um, if you can be elastic in your workloads and not be tied to that storage class memory that's inside a physical server and I can spread that performance love across several different loads as needed, now it gets pretty interesting. Like, and so the, the, that 65% savings I didn't care about is just that net new capability that I just can't practically do right. in the because data center. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. With this thing kind of opening up uh, a faster response time for applications, who knows where it plays out fairly Yeah, well. you know, you can have uh, the Formula One guy talked about his SCM getting, SCCM getting sped up. And, right. And who cares about SCCM? But it benefited. There, there was direct benefit to their uh, business outcome. So that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that, the Formula One guy was a good session, but it wasn't publicized. So I don't know if we should talk about it or not. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. All right. So uh, another product they mentioned uh, this week was the Flash Array C, which is this uh, capacity optimized storage. What do you think of that? So the it seems like we've been chasing this promise of of Flash getting price parity with stored with a spinning disk forever uh, forever and you know what you've been following the space way longer than me i'm skeptical i, I, I just am well you know and i had this discussion with cos last night the cto and you know it, it's he's saying there's going to be a point when there's no reason to buy disk and i god i i, I label into a uh, big time I mean, I mean the 20 terabyte uh sata drives yeah uh, 
So, I mean, who's buying this today? I mean, besides the uh, enterprises with hybrid and legacy concerns, I mean, the boatloads of disk are going to the hyperscalers. They're buying it because it's cheap and deep storage. It may not be fast. It may not be, you know, have all the uh, ergonomics of, of flash, but for cheap storage, it's not a bad way to go. Is that going to change? I think that, you know, and Enrico mentioned last night, tried to hit me over the head with this set, you know, a disk drive can only do, let's say, 100 uh, ops per second or, you know, 1,000 ops per second, whatever the number is, and it's been flat for years, effectively. So back 20 years ago, you could probably still do that 100 ops per, per second per drive. Now you can do 100 ops per second, but it went from, I don't know, 64 gigabytes to you know 20 terabytes or something like that in the time yeah, frame. Yeah, right. So multiple scales of, of, of uh, multiplication here. But here's the thing: there are ways to deal with that. I mean, we were talking. I was talking with Matt today about uh, there's these dual actuator drives now. It effectively doubles the number of IOPS per per terabyte that they can do. And so I mean, there's there's ways to deal with that over time. Is it going to be more costly? Yes. Is it going to make it you know so that the cost of a disk drive that does that much IOPS is going to be on a dollar per gigabyte basis much more expensive? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. The there's you know there's practical there's the practicals of space. Then there's the trade-off of heat. I would love to you know be in a room with the AWS as the, as they figure out the calculations, which is better to save the heat cost, to save the electronics, uh, and, electronics and, and or the, the physical space inside of a data center, then you, know, you just look at the economics of a cheap and deep infrequent access S3, that has to go somewhere yeah. and it has to be cheap and deep. Is Flash going to get to that point? Uh, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm not I, smart enough to figure it out. I, I think, you know, and I mentioned last night with Cause that that tape was pronounced dead in 1967. <laughs> and it's still alive today. And the people that are buying tape, for the most part of these hyperscares, they're using it for backup, which is, which is or archive, long-term archive. And for that purpose, it's fine. What has changed is tape in 1967 was primary storage. Right. And it's it's it got relegated to backup. It's got it's almost gotten relegated now to to archive level storage. So those sorts of niche marketplaces or uh, uses of that technology has changed. Has disk will disk on grow the same change? Yeah. So primary storage, tier one, tier zero, it doesn't exist anymore in disk unless you're doing hybrid. And so those sorts of things can change. And maybe at some point, maybe cause is right that there'll be no reason to buy this. Not because it's cheaper per gigabyte, but, but because the other aspects to right. make it use it, yes. usable and stuff like that. Just doesn't make sense. So what did they do with Flash Array C? We've been down this other path, but really what they've tried to do is say, okay, we can create uh, a QLC, a quad level uh, cell uh, storage device that's at that's uh, got the capacity of disk. It's got slower performance than tier one, so it's more like a tier two storage, but it's an all flash array. So it brings in all the benefits of all flash, the, the, the economics, uh, the power, the you know, vibration resistance and all that other stuff. So, so it's, it's an all flash array, but big. So they're talking five petabytes and a nine U or something like that? Yeah, so it was effective, uh, I think right? effective like 1.39, I think it was the number that they threw out with five terabyte, five petabytes yeah. effective, which is quite a bit of, that's a, that's a, that's, that, that's, that's a lot of capacity. I think that, that's world changing capacity. Too. Yeah, you give, that, me, I, you give uh, most data centers five petabytes and a nine U form factor, they'll, they'll be okay for quite some time, but you know, QLC, 
oh, you know, it's, it's QLC. And yeah, so the QLC problem is that number one, it's slower. Number two, it doesn't last as long. So you may be able to do a thousand overwrites to a QLC SSD versus, you know, uh, two or four or five thousand to, an, to a TLC kind of numbers. And, uh, but I mean, and, and, and they did an okay job showing that even with a thousand overwrites, I can still live, you know, for a lifetime of a storage system. And Pure has always had this evergreen thing for a little, so long. So if your, if your storage runs bad, we'll, we'll replace it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that. that subscription model that they talked about, which uh, we didn't put on the rundown, was I think a big deal that they re-highlighted. Uh, a third of their revenue comes from a subscription model where pure is, you, yeah, pure is storage service kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. So if you, you start out with 50 terabytes, you need 200. When you go to upgrade right. to 200, you're only, you're only paying for the 150. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting play. And they, they said that uh, the current device will go out with TLC, but next year they're going to release QLC, and the intention is to keep the price the same and that sort of stuff. And, and really, they've modified the firmware of their flash drive, what flash module, I guess I'd call it, uh, to be more capacity optimized for TLC. So, you know, we'll see if uh, it makes it that its way into my uh, Plex media server. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you could yeah. put one of the five petabyte media, media server, server, you got more media yeah. servers. Yeah, I have right a lot now. of friends. I will have a lot of friends. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, the other thing that was talked about a lot, and it, Cloud Block Store has been in uh, in beta for a while, so it's been out there. They mentioned like uh, 60 plus customers were using it, stuff like that. But now it's GA, I guess, and it's available on the AWS Marketplace, so you and I can go out and, and fire up a pure uh, storage array in, in AWS. What do you think about that? You know what? I, I have mixed feelings about it. Pure is a hardware company. It, it, of all the storage array companies, you know, NetApp got kicked around in the news for being a storage dinosaur. And you look at Pure from a, their, their play has never really been software, but now they're making a play as having a consistent software experience, operations experience across. And that's what the game is. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what the game is. You look at VMC, VMware Cloud on AWS, that's exactly what VMware Cloud on AWS. So Pure is following that uh, model, and I have to say, you know what? Uh, and there, of the storage array companies, I think I think Dell EMC gave up that. Uh, I think you can still buy an appliance, a VNX appliance, but they've uh, gone with their uh, cloud service, which is a software as a service solution versus this thing is. Uh, I'm warming up to the idea. I, I, I think, I like you it. know, and they, they gave a pretty good deep dive on the Tech Field Day uh, sessions the other day on, on the technology and the architecture. I was pretty impressed with what they were doing. What they, and almost, you know, I would say they took what AWS could supply and, uh -huh. and, and said, what can we do that gives you the best uh, performance, the best reliability and availability in that sort of environment, which is quite frankly somewhat flaky occasionally. You know, I was really surprised because the most most of the times I've seen this appliance model, uh, it's kind of a controller with EBS storage attached, which meant that making changes, expanding it was disruptive, it was very difficult. And this virtual disk solution that they came up with was pretty clever. It's pretty clever. It I, pretty it, clever. Uh, you'd have to look, I'll try to see if I can dig up the, the diagram I, I, I wrote on a, uh, <laughs> A bar the other day. Yeah, a bar they, after. yeah I saw that picture on Twitter. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. But in any event, um, they've got virtual drives on the back end, which are effectively EC2 instances with IO1 um, 
high-end storage, high-end flash storage, and EBS um, flash storage behind it as sort of a, a read-level cache. And in front of that, they got two high-end EC2 instances, heavy networking, heavy, heavy, networking. heavy processing power. So th those are effectively the controllers, and the virtual drive instances are the drives. And they got seven of these virtual drives. It's like RAID 5 kind of thing. So well, yeah, you can, one you can dies. Lose, one dies that you, you don't lose performance. Uh, and the other one basically gets rebuilt uh, from, e, uh, from, as I understand it, from S3 storage. So, right? so behind the, yeah. the, the virtual drives is S3 cheap and deep storage, which of course is on disk. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> 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 to pure, but, but it's, 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 so they do reconstruction on the fly from the RAID group, which is all these virtual drives of EC2. And, and then uh, over time, they'll, they'll repopulate uh, a new EC2 instance, virtual drive instance rather, with from S3. Well, it's an interesting architecture. I mean, I, th I thought, I give these guys kudos for taking a completely blank slate to things, saying, what does AWS do, and how can I provide high available storage? It's nothing like any of what their competitors do. Okay. So I, that, I, I actually, I absolutely tipped my hat to it. I'm like, you know, if you're going to do something different, if you're going to do it, do it differently. It took them a while to get into this, to get into this market, but it is different and, and it is consistent operationally across uh, the hybrid cloud. With high availability and AWS. I mean, these sorts of things just don't talk about in the same breath, quite frankly. No, you don't. Not high availability block storage and AWS. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't exist. So uh, a couple other things they did, which were kind of smallish, but, but still significant. They, they've extended the number of flash blades that can be connected together in a cluster. Which is kind of bizarre. I can't. So what was it before? Like seventy-five? I or didn't. Uh, yeah, I thought I heard the number, which was already a pretty impressive it number. I'm like, impressive. I don't know anyone. I don't know that many pure customers. Yeah. yeah. But in uh, yeah. uh, Flash Blade, the seventy-five systems, and and then I think we both are kind of checking our math. I heard one hundred and fifty blades. I think it's like double that. So, yeah, so I, I think it was like that's an insane amount of capacity. So per flash blade controller kind of thing, I think might be fifteen, and you you stack these guys up, you get to seventy five with with five of them, I think, and it, so now it's ten so in a cluster. I, I can't tell you at managing data centers in the past how many times I've been frustrated with running bumping up against the theoretical limits, which are real limits in the data center and having to have to buy a whole new group of, of controllers for a system for a uh, for some of the other t uh, tier applications. Yeah, and it, it, it's 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 not just a significant cost from a software licensing perspective and hardware licensing perspective. It's a significant cost from a data center footprint. Yeah. to have that overhead just because I've yeah. run out of a... And not to mention the fact that yeah. you have to tech refresh and all that sort of stuff, which is, you know, and with the evergreen approach that these guys have, they, they pretty much, you know, provide that for you. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. There was some discussion today at uh, the analyst sessions about, you know, all the AI stuff that's, that's, that's plugged into Flashblade and how well it's, uh, it's playing. I was impressed that even the Formula One guys had some Flashblade stuff Besides the flash array stuff that they had, which was which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I'm 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 actually impressed across the market. I know we did the the little short bit on computational computing a, a little bit ago. I'm wondering when, uh, especially as as you look at someone like Pure, I would love to have a computational compute conversation with them. On, what are they the going to do? Blade. They got the intelligence. Yeah, well, they, when they when they they have if they're going, but they don't use SSDs, so yeah. they don't have they don't have the I guess luxury of saying that they have 
uh, spare compute uh, right. w inside of SSDs because they're using flash directly. So. Yeah, yeah. But they've got some intelligence, each one of those flash blades, which, which allows them to scale effectively yes. the, uh, with linear performance and stuff like that. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so moving on, the last item of business was that they announced the file services on their flash array, so both NFS and SMB, and uh, they mentioned some acquisition that they had that allowed, I can't remember what the name yeah, was. Yeah, I could, I, I, you know, I, I actually missed that acquisition. They, yeah. they, they named the company, I, I really hadn't heard of them. Yeah, yeah. But I think functionally, uh, this is a thing, like tier one storage arrays with flash services are things that, you know, when I was a customer, I asked for it. Yeah. Uh, I hated that for the provider that I was going with, it was an expensive license to, to, to enable it. I, I thought it was ridiculous. I had to put a VM in, in front of my tier one storage array. We won't to mention get, a vendor of that. But I will mention it, it, was, it was EMC, it was a, uh, it was a VMAX. Yeah. I had to, yeah. uh, you know, I, if I wanted to enable. They're not the only one that do that. They're much. not, they're yeah. by far, they're not the only one. So Hitachi does it, yeah. Every everyone for their tier one storage array, if you want file services you're going to pay for it. And it's not necessarily easy to manage. And so these guys embedded it kind of in their system, not unlike you know, NetApp has done in the past and, and uh, a couple of other select vendors. And you know, there's some discussion at Tech Field Day, how you share the storage that's in the back with the file front end and the block front end. And they came up with a fairly good s discussion. It, didn't, it, it was kind of done off, off camera, but right. you know, in the end, it, it looks like it's completely shared. Everything is sent provisioned up front. And they both compete for whatever storage is behind it, so that's pretty impressive. Well, what else? Is there anything else you want to talk about at the, the Pure thing? Uh, no, nah, this is my first uh, Pure uh, event? event, Pure Accelerate. Sorry. I was, I just have not run into them uh, as both a consultant or as a customer in the field. Uh, they had come and presented to me once. They, you know, they, they told me their early SAP Honda story. A couple of years ago, I didn't kind of buy it then, and now um, it's a little bit more viable. But it, it's one; it's a great event, and then two, these guys are laser-focused. They seem to be, laser they seem to be doing, They seem to be doing exceptionally well, and they're they're growing. Their revenue is growing fairly decently, and they're obviously taking share from the other majors and and any of the miners that still exist and stuff like that. And they are they are innovating in the technology. Yeah, they're on the ball. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty impressed. I love Austin. I, they used to do, they did San Francisco, a couple of odd places in San Francisco, which were pretty interesting, but uh, I, I still, I like, I like Austin as well. So yeah, Austin does good barbecue, and you know, both of us, <laughs> both of us like our barbecue and beer, so. Yeah, it, so it, it was it a beer barbecue well. party last night. Yeah. Well, Keith, thank you very much for being on our show, and uh, we'll try to get this out as soon as we can. Ray, thanks a lot for having me again. All right, have a good day. Bye-bye.